1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buchus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: Uh, this morning, I want to invite your attention to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, we'll begin our reading at verse 14. The word of God reads as follows. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeho, uh, the son of Madaniah, a uh, Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord and worshipped the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of Korahites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Amen. Father in heaven, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be in the midst even right now, that you will speak a clear word in the midst of these, your people. Father, if there's any that don't know you, have not come to that personal intimate relationship with you, have not repented of sin, have not placed their faith in you, let this be the day, God, that they move from religiosity to relationship. Father, I'm praying that if there's any that are here on today that have already been born again, but yet in the process of life circumstances and trials, they've drifted away from you. They're not in good fellowship with you. I pray you draw them back to yourself. Spirit of the living God, I pray that if there is any that came in hurting, any came in perplexed, any came in in need, God, meet the need, exceed the expectations of those who have come in this place. Let your glory be revealed. Let your spirit be manifest in such a way, God, that we would know that we have heard from you. Lord, hide me behind your cross and use me as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will. Not I who declares and speaks, but you. Lord, as I open my mouth, speak through these lips of clay, words of life, words of encouragement, words of edification. Words that will cause your name to get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, strengthen my physical body. I want to be used by you, God. Have thine own way. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. In this text that we have found ourselves in, Israel is going through a period of history when tribes have divided. Uh, There are 10 tribes to the north, and they're known as Israel at this point in time. Two tribes in the south that have broken out, and they're known as Judah. And during this time... There's two kings, one in Israel, the ten northern tribes, and one in Judah, the two southern tribes. And the place we find ourselves in the text, Judah's king, Asa, has died, and Jehoshaphat becomes king in his place. Jehoshaphat comes to to lead Israel in the ways of God. Uh, we find in our study, in our research, that he has a way and has a plan of instituting reforms in the land and drawing people away from idolic worship back to the worship of the living God. He's interested and he's concerned about assuring that the high places are taken down and so he begins to take down the wooden idols and the high places that the people of Israel and the people of Judah at this particular point in time because he's the king in Judah. He begins to take those down and do this system of reform and putting leaders in place and putting order in place and putting integrity in place. And in the process of him doing all that, he gets caught up in the midst of allying with the King of Israel, Ahab, in order that Ahab might do battle with Ramoth Gilead. And while he's allying with uh, Ahab, Ahab tricks him and tells him when we go into battle, What I need you to do, Jehoshaphat, is I want you to array yourself in your royal robe. Now, Ahab knows that the uh, soldiers of uh, Ramoth Gilead, they're only looking to take out the high ranking people. And ultimately, as they go to war, he knew that if he comes arrayed in his royal robe and garments, that they will assume that he is the king of Israel and not the king of Judah. And so when they go to war, he's nearly killed because what Ahab did was Ahab disguised himself as someone else. And he put Jehoshaphat up as if Jehoshaphat was literally the king of Israel. And so when they chased him down, it was only by the grace of God that he escaped and was not killed because of his allying with a wicked king Ahab. Then uh, Jehu, a prophet, comes to him and says to him, God is not pleased with your ally that you've allied with and God is not pleased with you. And so he, re- he rebukes him as a result of it and then uh, chastens him because of it. But at the same time, he admonishes him and he says, but the Lord sees something good in you. And he knows that you've got in your heart to do good and and you've taken down these wooden idols and and you're taking down these high places and you're beginning to do good. And the best thing that God sees in you is that you've got a desire to seek after him and to come to him a readiness of heart to seek the Lord. It's what what he's told. So when we get to chapter 20, we find here in chapter 20 that as Jehoshaphat is king in Judah, that the Moab and the Ammonites come and they partner together along with some other side armies. No one's exactly sure who they are. Some say they might be the Edomites and some the Uthites, but we don't really know who they are. But another group of people gathers together and they all come together and they team up against this small nation of Judah and they're coming against them to destroy. Them. And it's at that time that Jehoshaphat gets word that they're pressing their way and they're moving towards him. And Jehoshaphat becomes fearful that this army that is overwhelming, this army that is great, this army that is far exceeding in size and strength to his own nation is going to come and, and wipe them out and destroy what he's destined to and destroy the destiny of Judah. And so therefore, what Jehoshaphat does is he calls a prayer meeting. He called the people to fast and he called the people to pray. And he said, we need to seek the Lord. And when they began to come together and they came to the house of God to pray. And when they came to the house of God, Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of all of Judah. And they began to to pray and call upon the name of the Lord. And when Jehoshaphat began to pray, his prayer went something like this. Are you not the God? in heaven are you not the one who rules all the nations are you not the god who in whose hand is all the power and such power that nobody is able to stand against you are you not the god who gave us this land who drove out the inhabitants before us and our fathers are you not the god of this land and 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 you're the god and who my fathers and forefathers built a temple to and your name is in this temple You are the God, are you not, that told us whenever there was trouble that we could come to this temple and call on your name and you would come and help us. Jehoshaphat says, so here we are, Lord. We're here in this temple calling on your name and we need your help because the situation, the circumstances are way outside of our control. He says we have no power against this great multitude. We don't know what to do. And we're in this precarious situation, but our eyes are on you. Our faith is in you. Our hope of deliverance is in you. Now, after Jehoshaphat praised his prayer, then the series of events picks up from where we began our reading in verse 14. I want to speak to you from the subject matter, the validation of your destiny. Sometimes life and situations and uh, battles and wars and uh, things and people who come against you uh, may cause you to be fearful that your destiny is about to be destroyed. Sometimes it causes us to believe that that which we know God said will be maybe won't be. But this. Text. And this story gives for Jehoshaphat and the nation of Judah the clarity and the affirmation and the validation that their destiny is still secure. Maybe somebody came in today and life has been beating you up circumstances have been pounding on you. You're standing in a place where you're looking at a multitude that's way outside of your control and you have cried out to God and you need to know that everything's still going to work out to the good and to the glory of God. So this message may come to speak to you on today to help you to know that God is interested in validating uh, your destiny, that your destiny is still intact. But there is a process we need to go through. Y'all still here? I want to begin because what I believe when we pick up in verse number 14 of this text, it picks up after the prayer, immediately following up the prayer with what I call the prophetic response to the prayer. There is a prophetic response to this prayer and in the text What we see in verse 14, which is somewhat unusual, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. The son of Zachariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. God takes and gives special attention to make sure that, you know, Israel and that we know, even as we're reading it, that this message, this response to prayer did not come from a hack. It did not come from a Johnny come lately. It came through the veil. Verification and the validation of one who spoke for God. In this text, it lists five generations of the preceding life of the one who's speaking to alleviate any possible doubt that you would think that this message came from anywhere but God. He God wants to make sure that Judah knows that the message that's coming to them is coming prophetically from God. Because the one who is speaking it comes through five generations of prophets, and he speaks for God. Can we help somebody right here? Because every now and then, you know, folk will come up to you, and they'll tell you, God told me to tell you. And you're thinking, what? Well, how come he didn't tell me? Well, there is no doubt in the minds of the people of Judah that God is speaking through this man. The spirit of the Lord has come upon him and he begins to speak prophetically into the lives of the people of Judah. When they're standing at the edge of what they believe is going to be destruction and their destiny is going to be wiped out and they along with it are going to be wiped out. So immediately he begins to to speak and he begins to declare to them and he says to them in verse number 15. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and of Keteran and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat and Pastor Sterling. Thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. This word dismayed gives the idea of being overwhelmed. Do not be afraid and don't be overwhelmed. Because of this great multitude of trouble that you're facing, this great multitude of bills that are in front of you, this great multitude of sickness or disease, this great multitude of pain or depression, this great multitude of things you cannot control, this great multitude, Judah, of the Ammonites and the the Moabites and those others that have joined with them, don't be afraid, don't be overwhelmed because they're coming. I like that. God has to calm us sometimes. He says, don't be overwhelmed. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid of the multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. I love that. that that's shouting stuff right there. I, if anybody was in the midst of a battle, if anybody came in facing some opposition this morning, that should have been an encouragement to you. That this battle, the text says the battle, but can we make it this so that we can be specific to your situation? This battle is not yours, but God's. This thing that you're facing, this trouble in your life, this dispute, this argument, this financial thing, this job issue, this person, this battle, it's not your. It belongs to God. Pastor, why does it belong to God? It belongs to God because they prayed and gave it to him. I'm, I'm, I'm really up on it. See, sometimes we pray and then we don't give it to him. We just talk to him about it, but we go back and carry it. See, when you See, when you're still carrying it, then that battle is yours. But when you prayed and given it to God, that battle ain't yours no more. I need to help somebody here. This battle is not to destroy you. This battle is to validate I'm going to take care of you. This battle is not to wipe your faith out. This battle is to strengthen your faith. This battle is not yours, but God's. I like what he does here because he helps them to understand that what they're facing because of their prayer, because of their position that they take and because they have fasted. God, in essence, if I can say it this way, he says to them, I got it from here. So so if, and I say this way, if, if you're going to pray, then don't worry. And if you're going to make up your mind to worry, then don't bother to pray. Because if you give it to God, you ought to leave it in his hands. And if it's in his hands, I think, I, I, somebody might help me here, but I think he's big enough. I I think he's wide enough. I think he's high enough. I think he's deep enough. I think he's powerful enough to handle whatever it is that you put in his hands. Otherwise, why did you bring it to him in the first place? This battle's not yours. It's, It's God's. He moves from the prophetic response to prayer, and all of this actually ends up in the process of it. But watch this. He says to them in his response, uh, we see, secondly, the positioning of yourselves to see. That picks up in verse number 16. Verse 16 says to them, tomorrow, go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel." Now, watch this. If you're going to see what God wants you to see, you have got to get in position. Okay. Watch this. I remember when I was very, very young, and this is is really a faint memory in my mind. My parents took us somewhere down D.C., and they went to go see James Brown. And I was just a child, and I I probably didn't know a whole lot about James Brown, but I knew we had gone to see James Brown. Now, my father wasn't real tall, and I was even smaller. And so what my father did was so that I could get a glimpse of James Brown. Help me, Lord. He picked me up. And put me in position on his shoulders so that I could get a glimpse of James Brown. I'm trying to help us here. What I'm trying to help you to understand is if you're going to see what God wants you to see, you've got to get in position. Watch this. Now, there's some some very strong instruction in the text that I want to pull out for you, because there's some things that are significant if we're going to benefit from what the the prophetic answer is to our problem. The first thing is that in verse number 16, he says tomorrow. Y'all have that in your text. What that helps me to understand that there is a time constraint to what God is getting ready to do. And you need to be on time. Can y'all help me preach this and say to your neighbor, be on time. time. Now, now, if you're, if your if your husband, your wife is the reason why you was late this morning, uh, say it with a little bit less attitude. But if it's somebody you don't know, give them some attitude and tell them be on time. We we need to be on time because what God is going to do, uh, Judah, what he's what he's planning on doing is going to happen tomorrow, and you need to be on time. Don't 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 respond to God and say, "Well, God, I got something to do tomorrow." That, that's not good for me that, well I, can, I, can I show up Thursday no you need to be there tomorrow that's what the text says tomorrow uh, watch this because the issue is obedience see here's the problem with most of us and this is why we don't get to see what God is doing because we're not obedient God says be there tomorrow we show up on Wednesday but three days before that he already done, done what he was going to do and we missed it and didn't see See it. He says, tomorrow, go down to them, and they will surely come up. God knows where they're going to come up. He says, they're going to come up by the ascent of Zeus, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. Go down, watch this, tomorrow. And when you go down I need you to get in the right place I need you to obey what I'm saying because not only is the time important but the location is important you need to be down by the brook of, of the wilderness of Jeriel because that's where they're coming up and that's where I'm going to do my thing but if you're not in place on time you won't see what I'm getting ready to do y'all still here and so what he wants them to do is in in position so they can see and so he gives them the time he gives them the location and then as I'm keep reading through the text he says in verse number 17 you will not need to fight in this battle he already told them at the end of verse 15 that this battle is not yours but God's But I believe, if I could just talk uh, for God for a moment, that the Lord knew that there were some people who were battle ready. (laughs) Can I just talk to Kettering folk? We've got some people that showed up at the nine o'clock service and they were battle ready. And so what the Lord, he already told you this battle ain't yours, is his. And now he needs to remind you that in this battle, you won't have to fight and since some folk never listen to the pastor can you tell them for me you don't have to fight that's what he says you will not need to fight in this battle you don't have to put up your dukes you you don't have to pull off your earrings and kick off your pumps for this one no uh it, it, it's gonna be all right. you, you you okay on this one no you, no rolling up the sleeve no 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 shadow boxing uh, you, all you need to do is do what I told you because this one ain't yours <laughs> yeah um uh what i what I want you to do is uh uh position yourselves and stand still. I need you to get in position And and what I want you to do When you get in position I don't want you to fake like you're getting ready to fight I don't need you to roll your eyes I don't need you to roll your head around I don't need you to do none of that All I want you to do is stand still That's what I need you to do I need you to get in position I need you to be there on time I need you to be in the right place And I want you to stand still And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. I want you to see the delivering power of God who is with you. I I, I want you to see that. I want you to position yourself. Go where I'm sending you, go when I'm sending you. Stand still, open your eyes, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, let me help somebody right here. You can't see if your eyes are closed. You can't see if you've been crying all night and your eyes are swollen and tears are filling up your eyes. No, wipe your tears, lift your head up, go to where he said to go, be there when he said to be there and stand still. Get in position. See, some of us just need to be in position for the victory. You're in the wrong position. You're in the position for fighting and he said get in position for victory.
1: To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.